0: Letters from Dickens to his sub editor, W. H. Wills. This is a Librivox recording. All Librivox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit Librivox.org. Recording by Martin Geeson. Charles Dickens, two hundredth anniversary collection, volume four letters from dickens to his sub-editor w h wills eighteen fifty eight from charles dickens as editor eighteen fifty eight hitherto dickens had given readings either for a charity or for some other public purpose this year he decided to read for his own profit with the assistance of mr arthur smith as his business manager he planned and carried out a tour through england scotland and ireland which began on august the second and ended on november the tenth gad's hill place higham by rochester kent monday ninth of august eighteen fifty eight h w my dear wills i was at the office on saturday at noon but did not expect to find you there send me a proof of the next number you make up i must put a new name to charles collins's story her face household words august twenty eighth i hope mrs gaskell will not stop for more than a week at all events footnote mrs gaskell's my lady ludlow was appearing in household words i am very glad to hear from wilkie that he is at work again i have done exceedingly well i think so far it is out of season at clifton and half the houses are shut up the yacht squadron too was gone from plymouth to cherbourg and there were races at plymouth and public balls nevertheless we took nearly four hundred pounds last week exeter was tremendous you never saw such a reception and we might have stayed there a week the first night at plymouth very wet not good the next morning great talk about it spreading in the town admirable that night greater talk about it spreading in the town enormous similarly at clifton there was a very great increase of numbers on the second night and the local magnate said now they know what it is mr dickens might stay a month and always have a cram contrary to my impression of these western people i have never seen a finer or more subtly apprehensive audience than at exeter nor did i ever know the minutest touches in little dombey go better in london than at plymouth as to the boots at plymouth the people gave themselves up altogether generals, mares, and shillings, equally, to a perfect transport of enjoyment of him and the two children. Arthur shall have the packet to-morrow morning, when we start for Worcester, that I received from you this morning. I have no printed lists of my tour here, but will send Miss Coutts one straight. I think that's all at present ever faithfully c d adelphi hotel liverpool saturday twenty-first august eighteen fifty-eight my dear wills i send this to sheffield at a flying venture the liverpool audience has been altogether different from our theatrical experience of it quite as good as St. Martin's Hall. A great call every night, every point taken, the nicest and finest bits in Little Dombey hitting like chain-shot. Last night we had the greatest house, both in numbers and money, we have ever had, London included. There were two thousand three hundred and two hundred guineas. The turn-away from the shilling part was very large. On each of the two previous nights we had one hundred guineas, and, if the day should keep moderately fine, we expect a very good afternoon to-day at three. The crossing to Ireland to-night is not likely to be very agreeable, for it has been exceedingly squally these last two days i observe in h w that that running the gauntlet an article with good stuff in it has been very badly looked over that is constantly put for who which is a great vulgarity such an expression too as vowed him revenge is extremely bad footnote the last victim of the gauntlet by von goetznitz Household Words August twenty first Wilkie's paper very funny just what we want Footnote The Unknown Public Household Words August the twenty first With kind regards to Mrs Wills and all kinds of remembrances from Arthur Ever faithfully CD PS as new places are constantly proposing themselves to be brought into the tour i have arranged with arthur that it shall now be wound up so that i may be able to get to work in london on the fifteenth of november with a view to the christmas number i will talk over my idea with wilkie and ascertain if he feels up to it if he should not when i expound it to him then perhaps it might be best to have a round of stories but nous verrons a house to let containing one contribution by dickens two by collins and one by dickens and collins jointly royal hotel limerick thursday second september eighteen fifty eight my dear wills I purpose being at the office next Tuesday afternoon, before starting again. I hope to be at Tavistock House at noon on Saturday, and to start for Gad's Hill on Sunday forenoon. Belfast and Cork as great successes as Dublin. Fancy, at Cork, by no means a large place, more than one thousand stalls being engaged for the three readings. I made last week clear profit three hundred and forty pounds, and have made in the month of August a profit of one thousand guineas. This after paying our expenses back to London, and half-way to Huddersfield. Pretty well, I think. This is the oddest place, of which nobody in any other part of Ireland seems to know anything nobody could answer a single question we asked about it there is no large room and i read in the theatre a charming theatre the best i ever saw to see and hear in arthur says that when he opened the doors last night there was a rush of three ducks we expect a pig to-night we had only forty pounds but they seemed to think that amazing if the two knights bring one hundred pounds it'll be as much as we expected i am bound to say that they are an admirable audience as hearty and demonstrative as it is possible to be it is a very odd place in its lower order aspects and i am very glad we came Though we could have made heaps of money by going to Dublin instead. Arthur sends you his kindest regard. He has been nearly torn to pieces in the shilling rushes, and has been so flattened against the walls that he is only now beginning to come round again. <laughs> My kindest remembrance to Mrs. Wills. Ever cordially, C.D. Station Hotel, Newcastle, Friday afternoon, 24th September, 1858. My dear Wills, I return the cheque duly signed. I have just now walked over here from Sunderland, one o'clock, and have barely had time to look at the room. It is new since we acted here, large, and capable of holding a good deal of money. I hope it will have a good deal to hold to-night and to-morrow. The let is a very good one, and we expect a large take in payment at the doors. You will be amazed to hear that we reaped very little profit at Sunderland last night. I read in a very beautiful new theatre, and it looked a fine house, but it was not fine enough to pay well half a million of money belonging to sunderland alone was lost in the last bank smash there and the town has never held up its head since they say i suppose the people who were there had either not lost any money or had found it again i never beheld such a rapturous audience and they and the stage together which i never can resist made me do such a vast number of new things in the carol that arthur and our men stood in amazement at the wing and roared and stamped as if it were an entirely new book topping all the others you must come to some good place and hear the carol i think you will hardly know it again little darlington in a mouldy old assembly room without a lamp abutting on the street so that i passed it a dozen times and looked for it when i went down to read covered itself with glory all sorts of people came in from outlying places and the town was drunk with the carol far into the night at durham we had a capital audience too led by the dean and chapter and humbly followed up by mayor and local boars but the hall not large enough and the city not large enough for such a purpose as your friends so we are working our way farther north i walked from durham to sunderland and made a little fanciful photograph in my mind of pit country which will come well into h w one day i couldn't help looking upon my mind as i was doing it as a sort of capitally prepared and highly sensitive plate and i said without the least conceit as watkins might have said of a plate of his it really is a pleasure to work with you you receive the impression so nicely I mark this note immediate, because I forgot to mention that I particularly wish you to look well to Wilkie's article about the Wigan schoolmaster, and not to leave anything in it that may be sweeping and unnecessarily offensive to the middle class. He has always a tendency to overdo that, and such a subject gives him a fresh temptation. Don't be afraid of the truth in the least, but don't be unjust. Footnote Highly Proper, Household Words, October 2nd, 1858. The article protested against the conduct of a schoolmaster who had refused to keep Mr. Alfred Wigan's son at his school on the ground that Mr. Wigan was an actor. Arthur sends kindest regards. Give my love to Mrs. Wills. I hope my wholesome influence lasts. Ever faithfully, Charles Dickens. Tavistock House, Tavistock Square, London W.C. That is to say, Dundee, Saturday, 2nd October, 1858. My dear Wills, pray 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 don't have poems unless they are good we are immeasurably better without them beyond is really beyond anything i ever saw in utter badness you instructed Payne and white that no story-teller must have been a lodger in the house i don't understand that at all a lodger may give variety to the thing and cannot possibly that i see weaken the carrying out of the idea footnote an allusion to the christmas number a house to let neither pain nor white however contributed to it to wilkie's queries i reply one i think i had best write the framework in the first person unless i should think of any new and odd way of doing it i will certainly avoid the plain third person in which the stories will be narrated i am not clear about following up the old materials and making them doomed and destructive i think it would end the thing with unseasonable grimness If i could build them into a good school or infirmary or child's hospital or something of that sort it might be a more pleasant end and a working round of the thing to something brighter three if i were wilkie unless i got an idea which would not admit of it i would certainly make the story of some people who kept the house the story Indeed, I supposed that to have been understood. There was certainly in Edinburgh a coldness beforehand about the readings. I mention it to let you know that I consider the triumph there by far the greatest I have made. The city was taken by storm and carried. The chimes shook it little dombey blew it up on the last two nights the crowd was immense and the turnaway enormous everywhere nothing was heard but praises nowhere more than at blackwood's shop where there certainly was no predisposition to praise it was a brilliant victory and could have been represented in no mere money whatever my profit there was two hundred pounds my profit at newcastle hundred and seventy pounds the room in the latter place very large my profit in september is nine hundred pounds no doubt in reason this sum will have passed one thousand pounds before i begin the next thousand in glasgow the carol will be read one night at birmingham and at nottingham those are the places nearest to your hand i think my love to mrs wills in which the girls unite they were delighted with edinburgh and saw it and all about it on beautiful days Payne went with us to hawthenden and we laughed all day conceive his telling me that miss martineau once told him and a certain lake doctor face to face that the reason why the times succeeded with their foreign correspondence was because <laughs> They kept a clairvoyante to do it. You may observe, says she, that the daily news is rapidly improving in that particular. Why? Because they have lately engaged a clairvoyante too with which large button of arrogant conceit from the head and front of a straight waistcoat. I beg to subscribe myself, ever anti-politico-economically, and anti-demorganically, and the like, C.D. Hen and Chicken's Hotel, Birmingham, Monday night, 18th October, 1858 my dear wills i forgot three things in my hurried note of to-day from london one after the small port monte cristo which is very whimsical and good i think the great dunkirk failure may go in it should be in the next number you make up let me see the proof of any other printed paper by him a very little erasure here and there makes a considerable difference in his case footnote by charles collins household words october the sixteenth and october the thirtieth two when you come to advertise in h w my readings for november Put and keep as long as the advertisement stands this line after brighton thirteenth of november in small caps in a line by itself which will terminate the series of readings three the carol is not read here it is read at nottingham on thursday and at manchester on saturday a very very wet night ever faithfully c d royal hotel derby friday twenty second october eighteen fifty eight my dear wills if you look at the passage in macready's letter which refers to mrs meredith you will see what i mean when i ask you if you will write to him and inquire whether he will receive the money for the paper or what is to be done with it telling him at the same time how much the sum is was she paid for her former paper or papers that passage in her note looked to me as if she had never been paid immense at nottingham last night immense final night at birmingham let very good here i have a bad cold all over me ever faithfully c d wolverhampton wednesday third november eighteen fifty eight h w my dear wills you remember that at one of our audit meetings i think the last I suggested to Mr. Evans that we ought to have the vouchers for the payments made and charged as being made by their firm on account of H.W. It rose out of our speaking of paying for the paper in ready money. Mr. Evans replied to that, that we, the other proprietors in H.W., were not responsible for the paper he said so with confidence and i did not urge the point though i had great doubts of his being legally right i have now ascertained that we are legally responsible will you therefore let mr evans know that at the audit of next week we wish to have produced to us the vouchers for their payments on account of household words there can be no audit i am assured without such vouchers except in the mere name pray do not fail to see to this ever faithfully charles dickens Swan, wolverhampton wednesday third november eighteen fifty eight my dear wills I enclose you the note that I think best calculated to be shown or sent by you to B&E on the voucher question. In reference to my own copyrights, you seem to have omitted by accident the most important question of all. It is whether I, being the largest proprietor in the books, can change the printer and publisher of them if I choose. On this the whole question of the extent of our power and the manner of its exercise depends. There is no sub-agreement whatever as to printing and publishing. Now, will you again see Ouvry on this vital question, which absolutely governs our proceeding as to household words, and communicate his opinion on that point to Forster? along with his opinion on the other points. I cannot consult with Forster to any purpose until we know exactly how we stand on this head. As to Wilkie's paper, I see no necessity whatever for altering Fauntleroy's name, but I wouldn't use it in the title. I would call it a paradoxical experience, or a curiosity of life. something like that i purpose being at the office at one on friday little leamington came out amazingly yesterday we took one hundred and thirty pounds and turned away many hundreds of people we have two hundred stalls let here for tonight which considering the size of the town is unusually large and i think that's all i have to say at present ever faithfully c d End of letters from dickens to his sub-editor w h wills eighteen fifty eight from charles dickens as editor